Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, I wish you a happy, happy, happy National Family Pajamas Day. Do you say it pajamas or pajamas? If you say it pajamas, I think that you're pretentious. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. Wherever you're taking in your sports content on social media, Twitter, also known as X, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, even YouTube, you can find Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports is the only platform out there covering college basketball and college football, specifically in the Big Ten. So, I would recommend that you give Big Banter Sports a look. Of course, we are the official Ohio State basketball podcast of the Big Banter Sports Network. And speaking of numbers and followers and things of that nature, I do want to bring this up. We have had quite the spike in numbers in terms of both listeners and subscribers to the Views from the Shop podcast. And for that, first of all, I thank you. Second of all, to the stragglers who maybe came in through the back door to this Ohio State basketball party, I do not, I I have no ill feelings toward you because you found us maybe a little bit late and that's okay, but you subscribed and you've been listening. Now, to those of you who have known of the show, maybe you've been listening since even last year, and you still haven't subscribed, now to that person, I do wag my finger at. Because even if you're a little bit late to the show, at least you subscribed early. There are some, it's a few, it's it's not a huge number, but there's a small majority of people who have been listening to the show and haven't subscribed yet. Now, the only reason I tell you to subscribe, it just makes it very simple for every episode that we push out to you to be presented to you. It'll be there in your feed on Spotify or an Apple podcast or whatever else you use. And it's free. We don't take any of your information. I don't even have the ability to do that. And even if I did have the ability to do so, I wouldn't do it just because I wouldn't know what to do with your information. So there is that. But if you haven't subscribed already, I would just really appreciate it. Most of you, most of the listeners who listen to the show have subscribed. So if you want to be a part of that crowd, if you want to be in the in crowd in the Views from the Shop podcast, I would suggest that you subscribe. Again, appreciate the numbers. It's been good. We're we're gaining followers on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on all of our various podcast platforms, everywhere. Everywhere where we have content, we're gaining followers. So that's fun, and that's exciting, and I welcome you if you're new. And if you're not new, I see you too. Thanks for for coming back. Today, today we have to preview Merrimack, and this episode is podcast only. I'm not putting this on YouTube, so you can't see me right now. But as I was beginning that sentence, I kind of kind of brought my shoulders and my face down. And I'm rubbing my forehead, just figuring out what am I supposed to do with the preview of Merrimack, and you're gonna learn why very quickly why those were my thoughts. But before we get into this episode of Merrimack, where I've got numbers and I've got stats, and just just be advised, little ones, you should probably get some earmuffs because 
it's not going to be pretty. I, I don't I don't use any profanity on this show, of course. That's not what I mean, but the, the, I mean this game should probably be played at four a.m. in the morning because it it, it may not be good. Um, look, let's just look at the landscape of college basketball right now, if we can. A lot of people are pessimistic about Ohio State basketball. They are pessimistic to start the year, and they've continued with their pessimism simply because uh, Ohio State maybe hasn't had the mm, hottest start to their season. They beat Oakland, I think, by seven, and then they lost to Texas A&M. Well, you may not be following college basketball to the degree that maybe I do or other fans do, but let me let you in on a little secret here before we talk about Merrimack, okay? And this actually isn't a secret. It's it's known to the public. Number one, Maryland is one and two. They lost to UAB and they lost to Davidson. And the, that is not the 2008 Davidson, okay? That's 2023 Davidson. Losing to Davidson and UAB... Not signature losses for Maryland. They're one and two. Rutgers already lost to Princeton the same night Ohio State beat Oakland. And then they beat Bryant 66 to 57, who just lost its head coach. And Rutgers, by the way, did not cover it in that one. Good teams win, great teams cover, as we know. Illinois, 2 and 0. But they beat Oakland. Yes, that same Oakland Ohio State beat. They beat them by 11. So maybe Oakland isn't that bad. Who knows? And lastly, I want to talk about Indiana. Indiana is 2-0. They struggled with Army. But I am going to award Indiana about two more projected wins this year. Because I saw Mike Woodson there on the sideline. He's got some new specs, as they are called. Some new cheaters. They're looking good. He looks good. I mean, the glasses that he's sporting have taken three, four, five years off of his appearance. His, his appearing age, if I can call it that. So, shout out to you, Mike Woodson. So, I say all of this to tell you, if you're pessimistic about Ohio State, these four little facts probably are not going to change your mindset. But can you please just consider opening your mind a little bit to the fact that we are two games into the season and Ohio State in football hasn't played in the game yet? So, maybe we shouldn't be calling it quits on Team 125 for Ohio State this season. Just a thought, if I can throw that out there. And I don't mean to be disrespecting, disrespectful or condescending or even sarcastic, but in a way, I kind of do mean to be that way. And I'm probably going to be that way as we transition to Merrimack. Um, I, I spent Sunday night watching about 30 minutes of Merrimack basketball. That film is, 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 it's out there. You can find it. And this was, this was 30 minutes of real game footage. It wasn't like I just sat there for 30 minutes and watched 10 minutes of basketball actually transpire. It was a good 30 minutes of watching this. And I was frustrated watching it because I was like, this isn't possible. Okay. So we're going to go in and we're going to talk about Merrimack. We're going to talk about them last season. If you listen to the episode on the non-conference schedule preview on the series, the season preview series, that's actually the term for it. The season preview series series that we ran during the offseason or the preseason, you could call it. 
you know that that we spoke about Merrimack. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a pretty 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 in depth deep dive on Merrimack. My goal with these preview episodes is always to make you the most informed fan when you're watching the game and to know a little bit about the team, know a little bit about the players, their system, their style, all those types of things. And again, I don't want to be disrespectful to Merrimack. Maybe they'll have a fan or two who listens to this show. And if you're here, thanks for being here. I just, I got to say, I I don't believe that Merrimack, it's, so here's here's the thing. And I'm struggling to, to verbalize this. I'm just trying to be careful with how I say it. But there's a difference between Ohio State should win the Big Ten Conference and can win the Big Ten Conference or will make the Big Ten Conference, for example, right? Like, Ohio State probably should not, probably will not win the Big Ten this year. But can they? Do they have the capability? Yes. And in about 90% of circumstances, when you're saying that a team can't do something, you're just saying that a team probably won't, that they shouldn't, not that they can't. They have the capability. Uh, I'm not sure that Merrimack doesn't fall in that 10% category where they just literally cannot beat Ohio State. So let me tell you why here in a second. I need a sip of some tea. It's hot. And it's my throat is fine. I just, you know, it's a, it's a cool day here in Ohio, and I decided I wanted some tea. So that was nice. Um, so Merrimack, let's start with last season. Then we'll go into this season, and then we'll preview kind of their their offense and their defense before getting into some predictions, which, by the way, you need to stick around for these predictions. We're two of three on the year so far. We took Texas A&M plus 100 on the money line. We also took Bruce Thornton over his points in game one against Oakland. Both of those hit. The only bet that hasn't hit was Jamison Battle over two and a half threes against A&M. He had the production. He had a couple rim in and out. And he ended up with two. So that didn't hit. But we're we're up. And if we can make something with this, then we're going to make something with it. So until we're just on the, the coldest stretch of our lives, I'm probably going to keep bringing out some, some banger bets. And then we'll get to predictions here at the end. But let's talk about Merrimack, okay? So last season, Merrimack finished 18-16. and 16, And they were 12-4 and four in the NEC, which is the Northeast Conference. They finished 309th in Ken Palm. But 108 and one in adjusted defensive efficiency. So what does that make you think? Well, if they were 309th in Ken Palm, but nearly top 100 in defense, that should probably cause your mind to wonder how bad was their offense. That's a cliffhanger for you. Um, They were horrid. You can, again, go to collegebasketballanalytics.com if you dare. I will warn you, you're going to need a trash can handy. You're going to vomit whatever you last ate. When it comes to looking at Merrimack's offensive production, it kind of goes the same way this year. They're in their final year of reclassification, so even though they won the NEC tournament over Fairleigh Dickinson, by the way, they could not be in the NCAA tournament. So, sorry to those Warriors, but this year they're finally eligible. Last year in Power Conference games, they lost to St. John's by 25. 97 points given up in that one. They lost to Providence by 14. And that's that. Then they lost to Maine by three, a team that Ohio State beat. So let's talk about this season. So they opened number 331 in Ken Palm. That's out of 362 teams. Now they've risen to number 311. 
And those those numbers may be a little bit dated, but they're let's just say they're not going to be like 265. Those numbers I think I pulled on Sunday night when I was getting ready to preview this game. They also play in probably the worst conference in basketball, the NEC. So there's that. Um, their schedule. So they lost to Vermont to open the year. Vermont isn't horrible, by the way, in terms of low major teams. They made the NCAA tournament last year, after all. And then they beat a team, I believe is pronounced Worcester State. But I don't really care to learn how to pronounce it because they're not even a Division One team. So they beat Worcester State or... Nah, I'm going to go Worcester. There, I'm just going to say it's that. Um... And then they beat Maine, a team that they lost to a season ago. So good for them. Uh, in terms of their style, and this is where we're really going to get into to Merrimack here, okay? Let's go into their defense and their offense. So I'm going to start with their defense because that's kind of what their game is centered around. But mm, they feel, I, I said this in the, in the non-conference show, previewing the non-conference, I said something along the lines of they feel deliberately ground and pound. Like they don't just feel like they they're they're a ground and pound team. They like are deliberate about it. They want to shove it in your face. And that kind of bothers me. They had the ninth slowest adjusted tempo in the country last season. Their pace is still super, super slow this season. And you heard this as well. This this may not be new to you, but last season. They had more games in which they scored below 50 points than above 80 points. More games below 50 than above 80. They also had 15 total games below 60 points. So about half of the season, they scored less than 60 points in a game. That is brutal. So naturally, let's talk about the defense that they run. So... You might see this a little bit against Ohio State. I'm not sure. They they run it here and there. They've got a bit of a 2-2-1 full court press. Then they'll drop into what I call a 3-2 zone. I've seen Merrimack, the, the conference, refer to it as a 2-3. I call it more of a 3-2. But you may see this 2-2-1 full court press where they just want to slow you down. They want to wear you out. They want to make this an absolute fight to get across half court and just make you exert a couple more calories so that you can get a little more cardio in potentially and also just be a little bit more tired. They'll press you at times. Again, it's not consistent. They drop back into this 3-2 zone. And this is if you're if you're if you've got a movie of Merrimack basketball, the main character is this 3-2 zone. And it's also similar to Oakland and what they ran. Some would call it a 2-3. I call it a 3-2. It's it's kind of a hybrid that almost looks like a 4-1 zone at times. Not almost. It just does. It is a 4-1 zone. But it is somewhat similar to Oakland. So Ohio State will have kind of experience going up against this. Neither of those two teams like to get the ball into the corners at the three-point line. So there's that. They're going to want to trap the ball in the corners. And I will tell you right now. They will do anything to keep the ball behind the three-point line on the wings or on the top of the key. That's really the only place where they will allow Ohio State, or at least attempt to allow Ohio State to get the ball. They extend their pressure 
out onto the wings. They don't let the ball get entered into the corner. They want you playing at the top of the key or on the wings. So we'll see what Ohio State is able to do with that. I'll talk about how you can beat that in a second. One other note in terms of their defense overall, they have forced some turnovers on the blobs this year. That's baseline out of bounds plays. They they forced at least two against Vermont before I just I had to stop watching the game because I it was just it's really poor basketball. Bud Clark is a name to know. He's really aggressive. He'll jump into passing lanes, and he's been successful forcing turnovers this season. In three games, he has 12 steals already. Had six steals in a game. He had three and three in the other two. I mean, really, really active on the defensive side of the ball. 12 steals already this season. So let's talk about how you can beat this zone, or how at least I think you can beat this zone. Number one, you can beat them in the short corner. If you're not going to give up a a three-pointer in the corner at the three, and if you get the ball there, they're going to come trap. You can at least sink down a little bit and potentially get into the into the lane to where you're at least be able to get a pass in and enter the ball there into the short corner. The other place that you're going to be able to win is, well, I said this is essentially a 4-1 zone. Because of that, there's no one down in the paint. So you can beat them in the paint, and especially, I think, if you can get the ball on, I don't know, the the right elbow, you're going to have a chance to give a little touch pass down to the block, probably more so actually on the right block than the left block in that scenario because you'll see the guy on the weak side kind of drop down to that block and take it away. But you're going to be able to beat this defense by getting the ball into the paint and into the short corner. However, this defense, well known, they are like flies. You can pump fake pass, dribble, pass, and continue to just swat away these defenders. But the next one will arrive, and after you've swatted away another defender, it'll drop, and a new defender will take its place just over and over and over again. And offensively, you feel like you're just swatting flies. Like, you swat the fly, you pass the ball, for example, and you get a second to breathe a little bit, and then there's a new one coming right at you. So... They swarm like flies. It's annoying to watch, but probably pleasant if you're a Merrimack fan. And in general, this defense isn't one that's going to give up a lot of shots in the paint. However, they're absolutely sick when shots go up from there. And sick not in a good way. I mean, sick as in we need to get an IV into you ASAP or you're going to keel over and die. Um 77% 77% field goal percentage from the rim, 58% field goal percentage from the paint. Both of those not good and also known as very bad. So the Oakland defense is one that will try to attack you, will try to keep the ball at the top of the key and at the wings. And if you get the ball in the paint, you're going to have the chance to score. If you can't get the ball into the paint, then they're going to force you to fire away some threes. So we'll see how Ohio State responds and adjusts. I'm not going to give a prediction yet. I will give one, but that is Oakland as a defense. Because there's there's a couple interesting ways that Ohio State could attack this, and and I'm going to save that for the predictions. Offensively for Merrimack, 
This is where, and when I start the show, I'm just like, how how do I talk about this offense? It's not pretty, okay? So, first of all, they lack any kind of a primary ball handler. And my my first point is I was, I was, I was just jotting down notes watching Merrimack play basketball. And my first point was it's not pretty. My second point that I was going to make was that their half-court offense was ugly. That, But that's basically the same as being not pretty. So... I won't write that, or I won't say it, except for the fact that I already did. But what you'll see with this offense is a lot of loose balls, bobbled passes, brick shots right below the rim. It looks like a YMCA game between two football teams, where high school North and high school South got together for a little charity football, char- sorry, charity basketball game. The football team is playing in it, and they've they've got their shorts hiked up to their quads to showcase the lower half. They've got, maybe they've cropped their jerseys just to look like absolute animals and beasts. And they've got those headbands on that you tie in the back. And they are just throwing their elbows and punching you in the ribs. And no one's calling it because it's just, that's the type of game that it is. But that's what this offense just feels like. That they just slug with you. And you see a bunch of loose balls and passes being thrown out of bounds. I posted this on Twitter and on Instagram. I think on... Uh, it, it was on Sunday night when I was watching. I mean, literally, we saw a player just throw the ball out of bounds. Like, no one remotely near the corner at the three-point line. And you saw a player just kick it out, and it just went and hit the popcorn stand or something. And and there was a player there. He had, he had vacated that spot. But I was just like, how? And... And it's not that big of a deal. That one play isn't that big of a deal, except for the fact that I had watched 30, 45 minutes of Merrimack offense, and this is just kind of constant, that it's ugly. A lot of loose balls, a lot of bobble passes. Players can't catch the ball, things like that. Against against Vermont, for example, they scored two points in the first seven minutes of the game. So with 12 minutes on the clock, they have two points of an actual basketball game. Not good. The other thing that is not good for Merrimack, uh, Jordan Durcock, if that's how it's pronounced, he is their leading scorer. He scored 26 points in a game already this season, okay? He's not much of a shooter, and by not much of a shooter, he's not a shooter, but he'll try to will his way and get a bucket in the paint from anywhere inside the three-point line. He's pretty good. Really, really good offensive rebounder as well. Please don't have Texas A&M flashbacks. Uh, he was 11% offensive rebounding rate in the first two full games of the season. And, and this is where things get bad. Against Maine, he left the game. That game was on Sunday. He had a leg injury after playing 12 minutes, and he did not return. I have not seen or heard anything on Jordan Durkock and his ability to play against Ohio State. But if Merrimack doesn't have him, the not going to be good, most likely, for their offense. Bud Clark, Bud Clark, I mentioned him on the defensive side of the ball. Freshman guard who has scored 10 points or more in every game this season, but he has not made a three-pointer yet. And speaking of not making three-pointers yet, this team as a whole is 21% from deep. I don't know where that ranks in the NCAA. I'm going to guess at least 300th or worst. Um, there, there is one good thing that they have going for them offensively. And that is that 
It's another really good offensive rebounding team. And again, don't have the flashbacks to Texas A&M. This isn't the same team. But in terms of how they score, they score a lot in the paint. They're not a good three-point shooting team. And they love to rebound offensively. So there's that. Bud Clark kind of leads the way in terms of offensive rebounding. And then he's also a really good creator. He He's maybe the only creator on the team in terms of assists. As I watched these games, there wasn't really a lot going on unless Bud Clark had the ball in his hands. 34.1% assist percentage is well past elite. So he might be able to facil- facilitate something for Merrimack in this one. Other stats... Just to note, 11 assists per game. That is tied, as of the time I wrote this down, and and probably a little bit different now, but they were tied for 265th in the NCAA. And then you've got a bunch of teams that are tied for 11, 11 and a half, 10 and a half, all that stuff. So we know that that ranking, if it were to stay as it is right now, is going to go much lower. But 11 assists per game, again, just shows clunky offense, ugly offense, Really a lot of iso ball where guys just try to create and then they dribble their ball off the shin. Um, Other thing I'll note on their offense, as I I, I just try, it's you try to find positive things to say just so you can have some semblance of this is going to be an exciting matchup, but this feels like Alabama and A&M from last year. Um, Score more points in the paint than just about anyone in all of college basketball. Okay offensive rebounding team so there's that so that's kind of this team offensively and defensively and they're they're carried by their defense 100 percent. they're carried by the defense and they try to slow you down i think it's because first of all it's like how they like to play defensively but in a much more real way i think it might just be be because their head coach whose name i have not looked up their head coach simply just wants to give the offense the the least amount of possessions possible because at that point you're just giving the opposing offense more shots that could be it i don't know so let's get into some predictions here before we get there i want to talk again about college basketball analytics at cbbanalytics.com i want to be clear about the type of platform that this is and some of you have signed up already and have let me know that this is a really cool site and for that i thank you but this platform is as insanely in depth as you can get when it comes to college basketball stats i use this at times and i have used this already to put together some banger bets but that's not really what it's for what it's for is just knowing college basketball better you see a bunch of shooting charts you see a bunch of you can see all the different rotations and and what rotations are best for Ohio State. If you think, man, it feels like whenever these two guys are in, Ohio State just, they grind to a halt. Well, you can verify that take on college basketball analytics. Ohio State men's basketball uses it, along with dozens of other men's and women's college basketball teams. So I recommend that you get to college basketball analytics. NBA scouts use it as well. It's cbbanalytics.com. You can use the code SHOT. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT short for the views from the shot podcast and the Schottenstein center use that code to get your first month free highly highly recommend so predictions for this one 
before I get into predictions and banger bets, I want to talk about keys to the game. And it's hard. It's brutally hard to come out to keys to a game when you just have a game where you don't see any kind of advantage for the opponent. But I'm going to give some anyway. So number one for Ohio State, they're going to need to attack the paint and short corners. I mentioned that. That's where you can be beat on when it comes to Merrimack's defense. And it's where teams have won this year and last year against them. They've got a player, Samba Diablo. He starts at center. He's a plus defender, I would say, but he plays at the bottom of this 4-1-3-2-2-3, whatever you want to call it, hybrid defense. He's playing under the rim. And if you're going to play under the rim at 6-7-195, you're going to have a bad time. That's like Scotty Middleton trying to consistently guard Felix Akpara. It's not going to go well for you. They've also got Jacob O'Connell. Now he's seven foot tall, but he plays like someone who's not seven feet tall. He can be scored on. He doesn't appear to use his strength very well if he has it. Kind of similarly with Diablo. It looks like he's built with a little bit more muscle on him, but he doesn't use the strength. O'Connell, if he even has any muscle on him, he does not use it. He plays below the rim as well in place of Diablo. So both of those players can be scored on. Hint, hint, wink, wink. We'll we'll take that to our banger bets. Um, the other the other key that I would give for this one: play discipline defensively. And this could be Merrimack. This could be Duke. This could be Michigan State. This could be Kansas. I don't care who it is that Ohio State is playing in this next game. But this needs to be a key until Ohio State can prove that it doesn't have to be a focus every game. We haven't seen it in the first two games. We, we certainly didn't see it against Texas A&M, and it was a constant point of frustration for me. There is not a player on Merrimack's roster who could sniff a roster spot at Ohio State. And that's not always the case, even against low majors. Look at what Oral Roberts did to Ohio State a couple years ago. And look at who's now playing at Texas, for example, from Oral Roberts. Just simply close out tight. Don't leave your feet on pump fakes. Stay in position. When you're in your gaps, react when you should. Don't be lazy and don't foul. Like simple things like that are all I'm asking for against a team that sucks offensively. So please give that to me. Last thing I'll ask for, force them to shoot from deep. The numbers are not good. I, I won't I won't pour them out because I, I give away enough free stats from college basketball analytics. You can get this on collegebasketballanalytics.com. You can check the shooting zones and charts for Merrimack. It's not good when they shoot from deep. So those are the keys to the game for me. Attack the paint in the short corners, play discipline defensively, and force them to shoot from deep. One offensive key, two defensive keys. Banger bets. So here's the issue with recording when we are. I try to get this out. I want to get the game previews out the day before the game takes place because that gives you a little bit extra time and it gets you some more content too on an off day. So I want to get those out. The issue is none of the lines are out. So I'm going to give you four bets that I'm going to be keeping an eye on and then I will announce these. Make sure you're following on YouTube or following on Twitter at least so you see when the YouTube video comes out. I will give you a Merrimack preview in six minutes or less. 
That's the goal for every game this season to give a preview like that. And that's where I will give some banger bets. But here's at least what I'm going to be keeping an eye on. So number one is going to be Bruce Thornton and his points. Um, I don't know why Vegas just doesn't believe that Bruce Thornton can score over 13, 14, 15 points per game. But he can. And he's done it. The entire Big Ten tournament, he did it to close the year once he got through that freshman wall. And last season, he scored 20, or sorry, this season, he scored 24 points against Texas A&M. He scored 17 in game one against Oakland. I will take this probably up to 16 and a half. But if you're going to give me 14 and a half or 15 and a half again, then I'm obviously taking that. But I will probably take this up to 16 and a half over Bruce Lorton points that's one that we're going to keep an eye on zed key zed key and taking his over on points i have no idea what that line is going to look like but this is simply matchup based i look at where merrimack is weak defensively on the shot chart and i get all of these numbers against from college basketball analytics i look at where zed key is good and i see a very good matchup for zed key so we'll see what his number comes out to I don't know, maybe seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half. I feel good that Zed Key can get to double digits against Merrimack. And then two, one, one team prop, and then we'll we'll talk about the spread. So the team prop that I'm looking at is Merrimack and their total points. Um, I don't know what the number will be, but I'm gonna feel confident in taking their under. Like I said, and I'll I'll give the the backing for this on Twitter and on the YouTube video when the time comes but offensively we mentioned it not good last year not good this year they had more games below 50 points and above 80 last season 15 games below 60 points last season so even if this number comes out below 60 there's there's at least a shot that i'm going to take that so we'll be keeping an eye on Merrimack and their total points props as well. And then the last thing is going to be the spread. If you're going to come out here and you're going to give me 18 and a half, 19 and a half, 22 and a half on the spread, I feel good about Ohio State being beating Merrimack by 25 points in this one. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on the spread as well. We've crushed the spread against Texas A&M. I also, by the way, I was so, so close to tweeting it out. We would have had another win. I was so close to, to tweeting out against Oakland, taking Oakland to cover the first half spread against Ohio State. I didn't tweet it out, and it did hit. So sorry about that there. I hate betting spreads, by the way. I think they're evil, along with parlays. But there's that. And again, I, I just want to mention, like, if you're not into sports betting, it doesn't mean that this content isn't relevant to you. If you hate sports betting, that's fine. I hate it too, kind of. You got to be responsible with it, and I can give my take on that some other time. Maybe on a mailbag if you care, but it, it gives you an, an opportunity to, to to look out for some certain things throughout the game. So that's why I mentioned that. All right, let's get into a prediction here. So number one, if Ohio State isn't starting fast, they're not continuing fast through the game, and they're not closing out this game strong, this is where you can finally start to get impatient with Ohio State. I don't necessarily feel impatient with Ohio State at this point. The performance against Texas A&M was extremely frustrating but if you can't go out and and just kind of body bag Merrimack throughout the game that's going to be an issue the other thing that Ohio State has going for them is they have two extra days of rest on Merrimack Merrimack last played on Sunday Ohio State last played on Friday night so Ohio State has the advantage there 
it's going to be interesting to see how Ohio State attacks this, don't, this zone. And if they can attack it and have success, success against it quickly, especially if Merrimack doesn't have Durkock in there, you should be winning this game by 30 points or more. And again, I don't... I. I don't know how to verbalize how I feel about Merrimack after watching them in a, in a way that's respectful. It feels really, really wrong, maybe morbid to say, but I think Centerville High School or Pickerington Central could, I don't know, put up a fight against Merrimack. And I know that that isn't true, but in a much more real sense, I'm not sure that it isn't true. So for that reason, I'm going to say as long as Ohio State can go out and beat this zone and pick it apart early on in the game, they should win this game by 25, 30 points. And that will be my prediction. I don't have a final score prediction for this one, but that would be the range that I would expect for Ohio State. I don't think Merrimack offensively is going to give Ohio State any issues. And I think that defensively, the Buckeyes can be okay when it comes to either matchup offense defense the Buckeyes should be able to handle this pretty quickly and easily so that's my prediction for Ohio State against Merrimack now in in less than 40 minutes we have previewed Merrimack I want to remind you if you haven't already the numbers have been spiking recently so please if you enjoy the content or if you're even questioning if you will enjoy the content please just subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast, subscribe on YouTube and make sure you follow on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Appreciate you listening to today's show. We will be back to review the Merrimack game that will either be posted late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning. Appreciate you listening today. As always, I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. <laughs>